Good morning, this is Lisa coming to you from the Ill, the Edwin Elder Library. And today we are on page 181 of Life After Grief, Choosing the Path to Healing by Rebecca Hayford Bauer. Um, now this is not an audio book. I do not read word for word. And it's not really a book review. It's just, it's a book that we have in our library that my daughter bought me after my, my husband, her dad's um, death in 2021. And... Um, I didn't read it for a long time. I just left it on the desk for a long time. Then one day I said, oh, I'll do this on the podcast. So I'm reading it. As I'm reading along, I'm, as I'm reading it, y'all joining in with me. And when some things prompt me, uh, some share some of my experiences, um, I do. So anyway, author Francis Fragon Payne writes, Longing for a deceased loved one is normal. However, life's tragedies also have a way of obligating us to a false loyalty, which prohibits the release of our pain, dot, dot, dot. We must also see that, as painful as the loss of a loved one is, we cannot permit the wounds of our past to nullify what God has for us in our future. Even if we enter, if we limping, even if we enter limping, we must not settle for something outside our destiny. God's grace is here now. With his help, we must choose to journey on. Okay, that was a paragraph from that author, Francis Frankman. Okay, now we're going on to what Rebecca Hayford-Bauer says. The choice, again, is ours to make. And we delude ourselves if we think we are the only ones who have ever had to make it. This choice comes to all. The Apostle Paul writes, this one thing I do, forgetting those things which are behind and reaching forth into those things which are before, I press toward the mark for the height, the prize of the high calling of God in Christ Jesus. Philippians 3, 13 and 14, King James Version. My task was to keep reaching forward in answer to the Lord's call on my life. His promise is there for me to embrace and pursue. Scripture says that there has not failed one word of all his good promise. 1 Kings 8, 56. The palmist declares, Your thoughts toward us cannot be recounted, dot, dot, dot. They are more than can be numbered. Psalms 45. Psalms 40, verse 5. The apostle affirms that all of God's promises are yes. They are for you, and amen. They will be established through Christ. See 2 Corinthians one twenty. Did you catch that? The Lord promises that all of his promises are for you as good as it once was. I guess I'm starting a different section. But anyway, we'll keep reading. Okay, turning the page. The use of the word good is significant. The first time that word is ever used in scripture is when God creates the world and says, this is good. Obviously, we know that after the initial proclamation of goodness, sin entered the picture. But whenever we see the Lord doing something good, after that, it is his redemptive activity, returning our lives to his original intent and purpose. While nothing here on earth will ever be perfect until Jesus returns, he is always relating to us in redemption that heals, saves, restores, and fulfills. You meant evil against me, but God meant it for good. Genesis 50, 20. To the righteous, good shall be repaid. Proverbs 13, 21. All things work together for good to those who love God, to those who are the called according to his purpose. 
Romans 8.28. He promises to make everything as good as it once was. To restore. You know, that's something because I do a prayer thing every week. Um, on Thursdays, it's from your boat around the globe. It's my prayer group on Facebook. But this morning already, I came up with the prayer theme for this week, for tomorrow. And I posted it on my From Your Boat Around the Globe. And it is Restore. Restore, revive, renew. You know, the Lord, He can do that. He restores. He brings back the new again. We want to see Him. We want to see His handiwork in our life. Because it's there. We just have to open our eyes to see it. That God is indeed working all things together for our good. And He is our provider. The Lord our, is our maker. He is The Lord our maker is our husband. Men and women. Boys and girls. It means he's our provider. That kind of husband. Like a husband. Somebody of a vineyard. You know they go out there. and It's called husbandry. Go out there and how they tend over it. And take care of it. And that's how he does our life. He, he tends over us. He cares over us. And um. He is our shepherd. He's our Lord, our God. He's our all in all. We just have to trust him. And I know um, that Rebecca Hafer Bauer, she's talking about the loss of her husband, Scott. He was a minister. I believe they were in their 40s. And he was pastoring a church. And so for her, when he passed away, you know, she really felt lost because um, they lived in a parsonage. So she had to find a different place to live. Um, I mean, she, she had a a lot of situations that she had to go through and so um, there's nobody that everybody's everybody's scenario their cases are all different but the Lord he does make a way now me as for me it's really hard for me to um, to even um, think about my life different than what it is right now because I mean my husband and I, what we worked on and built in, our, in the ministry, uh, we have an online ministry. It's called Hazelwood USA. It's the whole gospel to the whole world by the whole church by any means. Whatever the way, whatever way that we can share the good news gospel. And for me, it is through the internet and through the podcast and just different ways. Um, just knowing that my husband, even though he's not here physically, He's still very much a part of my life because his um, sermons, his songs, he sang many songs for me on YouTube. He'd sing them on Sundays our, during our services, and I'd use those songs for our puppet ministry and my sign language, and um, they're still there. I still use them over and over again, and just to listen to those, um, they're not professional. Um, a lot of times we didn't even practice. We just go right and record. But for puppet ministry and for sign language, it's fine. And uh, but now I've got those precious memories, and it's so it's so precious to me to know how God knew that He knows our end from our beginning, and He knew that. And so that still marches on. His truth is still marching on, and I praise God for that. I have some birds that's making some quiet activity outside the windows. It's really beautiful. But anyway, um, life after grief. You know, we just got to turn it all over to Jesus. And then we can smile the rest of the day knowing he's got it in control. Oh, yes, our hearts are broken. Oh, yes, we miss our 
loved ones. We miss our life as it was before in so many ways. And yet we wouldn't bring them back to their pain and their grief and their suffering. Talk about their grief is like the heart, the things they had to deal with. My husband was having knee problems. He had sleep apnea. He was having some difficult situations that he was having to deal with. Life is hard. And so he got his reward. He got his peace. And knowing, you know, I, I pray, sometimes I pray, say, God, just somewhere, just somehow let my husband know that he did good. Let him know. Of course, God, he will, he's going to say, well, it doesn't matter, good and painful servant. But um, that's what we all want to hear. But I just, I just want him to know that his work was not in bait. I, I'm still, I'm still relishing what he did for me, for the family. And so I guess that's one of the parts of our grief is like, we, we want them to know. We want them to know we appreciate them. And I'm sure God will make sure that they know. So anyway, I love you all. Y'all keep pointing others to the cross. That's the whole purpose of, our, of this podcast and our lives. We are his hands, his feet, and his mouthpiece. So you who listen to me audio, that's his mouthpiece. Him speaking to me. Hopefully I said something that you needed to hear. And so that's the Lord speaking to you. Letting him know he loves you. And I love you. You have a great day. Bye-bye.